of wants us to get rid of all of the tension, and it wants us to normalize everything. Do you know what I'm saying? It just wants us to make sure that everybody thinks we're okay, and you're okay, and everybody's okay, and every, nothing's wrong here, nothing to see here, and, and I know this isn't perfect, and, but I'm never going to be ideal. And we kind of live in that society where every kid gets a trophy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, doesn't matter if you win, doesn't matter if it's good, doesn't matter if it's right. It's just everything's normal. Everybody's kind of, but here we don't need to feel bad about the gap that we have, that everything's okay. But the truth of the matter is that there is some tension in this gap. And here's what we said last week. We said that Jesus taught and pointed toward the ideal, but in doing so, he didn't condemn people who fell short of that. So this tension that we live in, this gap that we live in between what God really wants for our families, the ideal for our families, and and the real that we live in, in that gap, we refuse, this church, and and we think that God refuses to condemn people who fall uh, short of that. But the truth of the matter is, listen, just because you're falling short doesn't mean that you and I shouldn't strive for God's best. We shouldn't strive for the ideal. And so even though we're going to talk about what's real in our lives today, I'm not going to shy away from this is what God's ideal is. Because here's the truth of the matter. And some of you are going to know this this week when you go to Thanksgiving. You go to your mama's house or your aunt's house or your, your, your grandmama's house. And you think, man, and when we get out of here, I want better for my kids than what I got. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to raise my kids better. I want their family to be different than some kid back there is amening. I want their family to be... <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. Seriously, I want it to be better. I want their lives to be better than our lives. Some of us were raised in homes. Some of you were raised in homes where you think, man, I, I just wish that they... If, if being normal, if everything's being okay, mean that they have to hurt like I hurt, I don't want that to happen. If everything being okay means that, you know, that they have to go through the pain that I went through, I would rather that not happen. I would rather me point them to God's ideal and save them of some of the pain that, that I've had to walk through and so, some of the struggle that we've had in our family and in, and, in our, and in our marriage. And So Jesus pointed to the ideal, but He never condemned people who fell short of that. And then we said there's a New Testament sort of in the Bible, you know, we, even though the culture that sort of the Bible is surrounded around is it degrades women, it degrades children, that, that Jesus would would walk onto the scene and he would preach about women's value and he would preach about the value of children in the family and the role of the family and Peter and Paul when they, when they were writing in the New Testament especially Paul he would sort of echo that sentiments of, of what Jesus would say about, about the family we said there were four or five things that sort of the New Testament did and here, here's the list really quickly if you were to sort of boil down what the New Testament says about families the first one is husbands love your wives like Christ loves the church it doesn't mean love them just you know when everything's okay or love them when they look right some of you have been on every diet in the world just so he'll love you anyway so you, you it said husbands you got to love your wives like Christ loved the church another translation says and he gave his life for her and then the second thing is wives submit to your husbands that's a tough one and then children obey your parents and then fathers don't irritate your children so if you were to take the new testament and say what do you say about what do you say about families? These four things are kind of the, the overarching ideas that husbands should love their wives, that wives should submit to their husbands, that children should obey their parents, and that fathers and parents should not irritate or aggravate or provoke their, uh, their children. Here, here's the, the, leave that screen up there. It, it, the truth of the matter is, I thought, you know, as we sort of dive into this series, we've still got a couple of more weeks to go. What's the hardest one here? What's the one that's going to hurt the most? And I'm just going to tackle it just head on, just right here at the very beginning. What's the one going to get me the most emails and in trouble the most when the podcast comes out? Anybody? 
Wives, submit to your husband. You're exactly right. Ephesians 5.22. Here we go. Let's just dive right in. Ephesians 5.22. Here's what it says. Wives, submit to your own husbands. I love that the Bible says your own husbands. <laughs> Not him. The one you married, Joker. That, that Joker you married to, you got to submit to him. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, listen. Here's the, here's the, if you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to hear this. If, don't email me till you hear this particular thing. When I talk to my children, I, I, I call them by their name. And sometimes when I'm talking to their mama, this is, we have an almost five-year-old and we have a big problem right now. My, my four, almost five-year-old, she hears everything. And she asks Mama, are y'all talking about are y'all talking about this, Daddy? And I'll be like, "Bet you better, you better watch. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be so careful." And so here's what we'll say: We'll say, "Hazel, if I'm talking to you, I'll say your name, right? If I didn't say Hazel and then and then talk to you, then I wasn't talking to you." Men, look at me. What's the first word in that verse? Wives, he ain't talking to you. So don't go quoting <laughs> talking about this is what the Bible says to you. Listen. He wasn't talking to us men, okay? This is not, he's not, if he won't talk to you, he's going to say, men, do this. So don't go to your wives and say, some, some men have used this to sort of lord over their wives, or some people have used this to sort of discount scripture as antiquated. He ain't talking to us. He's talking to wives. So let him, let him talk to wives. And here's what he says, submit yourself to your own husband as to the Lord. Now here's the struggle is if all that you, if all that you do is sort of extrapolate this scripture out and you just have just Ephesians 5.22, you miss the context of the verse. And here at City Hills, we're going to be as contextually uh, accurate and honest as we can be. And here's what Ephesians 5.21 says. The verse right above it. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So here's what Paul's doing. He says, there's an overarching idea about families that I want you to grab. And then he just sort of dives deep and he says, wives, this applies to you too. I just want you to make sure that you know that I'm talking to you. But this is not just to wives. Men, if you grew up in a church that you think it's just about wives submitting to you, you've missed it, my friend. You've missed the, you missed the whole point. He says, I want you to understand submission to Everybody in your family. And let me tell you why that's important. It's because Jesus would talk about how to live out a life of love. And so Paul would sort of how to, he had to take this idea of loving God and loving people. Matter of fact, Jesus would say the greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And these two are the greatest commandments. And on them hang all of the law and the prophets. And so Paul would have to step into that and go, how does that apply to families? How do we take that love, that transforming love, and apply it to our crazy families? How do we, how, how do we, how do, we do that? And here's, here's the way, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's mutual submission. It's mutual submission one to another. It's not just wives submitting to your own husbands and nobody else's husbands. It's wives submitting to your husbands, but it's also everybody in the family. It's saying, I want to submit to you. Now listen, this isn't, Weird stuff. This is about serving one another. He's applying this overarching principle of submission, of mutual submission in your family to everybody in your family. And here, this is so important. Here's the motivation for it. Because here's what happens sometimes. People come to my office or we sit in counseling. Brandy and I sit in counseling with a couple and they say, man, I can't respect him because... 
And then there's, a, there's something that follows after. I can't respect her because I can't honor her because. And then there's something that follows after that. And there's always a reason why they don't deserve it. And if you and I are honest, there's always going to be a reason why they don't deserve it. But Ephesians 5.21 does not say to submit yourselves one to another because he deserves it. Or because she's such a good wife. Or because they, they deserve respect. It said, I want you to do this out of reverence for Christ. He said, I want you to look at God's example. And in light of God's example, this is how I want you to live inside of your families. I want you to to submit to one another. I want you to bear one another's burdens. I want you to help one another and serve one another. And why is this? It's not because they deserve it. Listen, it's in light of the example that we have. Let me tell you what Jesus did. The Bible said that Jesus recognizes that the Father had given him all power. He said, the Father's given me all power in heaven and earth belongs to me. And the next thing Jesus does, listen, when he recognizes the power given to him, you know what he does? He washes his disciples' feet. He says, in light of the authority that I've been given, I'm going to submit to everybody else in the room. And and Paul is coming alongside that. He's saying, this is kind of how I want you to live. I want you to live. It's not about spiritual authority in your house. I believe in authority. I believe there's got to be somebody leading. I believe that everybody has roles to play. And Paul would talk about that role. But he said, in this in this, when we're talking about submission, this is not just about her submitting to you. This is not about this is about mutual submission to everybody in your family. Are you still alive? Say amen. All right, I just wanted to make sure. I told you it was the hardest one there. This is the most dynamic. Listen, if you'll understand this principle of mutual submission, this will change your crazy family more than anything else. I promise you. I promise you. If you'll apply this inside of your family, it will change everything in your family. Everything in your marriage will, will, will go differently. If you can understand that I'm not here to lord over you, I'm here to serve you. And here's, here's some practical ways. I want you to take notes. Here's some practical ways. Here, here's, here's kind of the way that we flesh this out. Here's kind of how this is all going to work. Here's the big question. Are you ready for this? I want you to write this down. How can I help you? What can I do to help? What can I do to help? Now, quit taking notes and look at me. Wives, if your husband went home today and instead of watching who's playing football... Cowboys, whatever. No, who would watch that? Honestly, so if you, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You don't, don't, don't. But seriously, if instead of instead of the Cowboys game, if he said, "What can I do to help?" You know what would happen? Number one, it, you you if you're not sitting down, you would fall over into the ground. Some of you, if you're close to your stairwell, would fall down your stairs and hurt yourself if your husband stood up from the cowboys and said, they're going to lose anyway. What? They're not. This is actually a good season. It's a good season. It's a good season. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with cowboy jokes. What can I do to help you? This is the question of mutual submission. It's what can I do to help you? It's, it's what, what, think about stressed out moms. If somebody in the house would just ask, what can I do to help? Let me, re- let me reverse this. Dads who carry the weight and you feel the financial pressure. You're thinking, man, things are getting tight. And I don't know how we're going to make it. And I don't know what's going to go on. What if your wife would come to you and go, what can I do to help? Just tell me what I can do. Well, the first thing you can do is cut up that debit card. That's the first thing you can do. Now, uh, tell me what I can do to help. What if everybody in your family, listen, began to operate in this idea of mutual submission that I'm not here to control you, I'm here to help you. 
Tell me what I can do to help in our family. Teenagers, let me, let me give you a quick, let me give you just, this is just quick. I spent seven years of full-time ministry and ministering to families and teenagers and students. Let me just, let me give you some hint right here. You can get anything you want in this world if you'll go to your parents today and go, what can I do to help? <laughs> you know what I mean? Your parents will be so blown away by this. This is the time. If you're making Christmas lists, I would start with, what can I do to help? And then, and then go with the list. Like here, here's kind of what I'm thinking uh, that you could, you could get me for Christmas. What can I do to help? Imagine what. L- let me reverse this. What if it was your kids? Your 16-year-old, your 15-year-old, your emotional 4-year-old who thinks she's 14 comes home and she's just bawling. She's squalling. Everything's, cra- everything's falling apart. It's the worst day of my life. And they're everywhere. Instead of you aggravating and pushing, tell them, suck it up. Come on, princess, get over it. Let's, come on, let's move. The, you're being silly right now. What if you got down on your hands and knees and looked them in the eye and says, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? You know what it does? It diffuses the situation inside of your family. It diffuses the idea that you're just here to control me. You're just here to tell me how to make this better. You're just, I'm just here to serve you and you don't, you don't owe me anything. No, no, no. We're in this together. And the question is, what can I do to help you? P- parents, d- depending on where you are, listen, if, if your kids are always going negative, always talking about what's wrong, always talking about how this isn't going to work, it's never going to work out, and school is bad, things are falling apart, what if you walked into your child's room and said, what can I do to help? How can I help you in this? M- marriages would be so much better if you walked into how can I help what can I do to help in this situation I'm not just here to control I know there's authority here I know somebody's got to make a decision but I'm here to help you am I helping anybody say amen what can I do to help you today wives and girls if you're looking to get married today listen why, why don't you ask the guy what can I do? is there anything I can do to help is there anything I can do to men in, in, in your home you, you need to ask, what can I do to help? Let me tell you something. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stop preaching for this long and I'm going to pastor and then I'll get right back to preaching. You ready? Come on. It's okay if you wash something in your house besides your own tail. Come on, somebody. It's okay if you wash a dish or some laundry. All the women say amen. It's okay. You're going to be okay. I have not seen one recorded case of a man dying doing any housework. Has anybody, would you raise your hand if you've seen, not one man I know of has spontaneously combusted by cleaning his own drawers, just putting them in the laundry right by himself. You know what I'm saying? What can I do to help? What can I do to help? Tell me how I can serve. I know there's a lot on you. I know it's Thanksgiving week and and I got my crazy mama coming over and you don't even like my mama. And I know you don't like my mama. You ain't never like my mama. But I invited them over for Thanksgiving. What can I do to help? I, I, know we're going, I know we're going to their house. You don't want to go to their house. Tell me what I can do to help. Well, don't make me go. Well, we got to go, but what can I do to help? Tell me what I can do to help. Wives, what can I do to help? Do you understand this idea of mutual submission? Of saying, there's something in this together. Listen, you and I are in partnership together. It's the reason why every single service here, I tell you, I don't lead this church alone. I have a help. Uh, Brandy pastors this church with me. It's not just me. And, and, and maybe you grew up in a religious context where you see, you know, that, that's the man of God. And that's just the pastor. We don't do that here. We're a team here. We're, we, we believe in team-based ministry here. It's why there's other pastors on this stage that you hear from. And it's why there's other pastors that lead our teams. It's because we believe we're here mutually submitted. That's how a family's supposed to work. Say amen to that. It's supposed to work in mutual submission. So he, he, here's a couple of things. And... And I, I know I'm preaching quick, but here's a couple of areas I kind of want to give you to help out. 
here. The, the, the number one obstacle for mutual submission, if you're taking notes, the number one obstacle for mutual submission, the number one reason why men don't do it, wives don't do it, husbands, uh, uh, it, parents leading in your kids, the number one reason kids don't, for, are you ready for this? The number one reason why there's the lack of mutual submission in families is fear. It's fear. It's fear. And here's the fear. If I submit to you, you'll take advantage of me. It's the fear of them taking advantage of you. The truth of the matter is the reason why this verse is so controversial in our culture today, it's because everybody thinks they have a right to be on top. Everybody believes I'm better than you. I'm just as strong as you. I've got just as much as you've got. I'm just as smart as you. We, everybody's all the same. Uh, you, you, you just want me to submit to you so you can be in charge of me. It's the fear that you're going to take advantage of me. It's, it's, it is the reason why we don't submit to one another. It's because you've been burned before in a past marriage, in a past submission, in a relationship at work. You, you've been burned to where somebody, somebody took that submission that you gave them and they, and, and they turned it into control and anger. And for some of you, worse than that, abuse and hurt and pain. Some of you, the reason why you won't submit to consistently attending a church, the reason you, you're, you're struggling with submitting to, to attending a church is because you've been hurt and you're afraid. If I do this, you'll take advantage of that. You only want me for my money. You only want me for what I can do. And, and, and in light of that hurt, and in light of that past experience, that fear of being taken advantage of, if I say, what can you do for me? If I, kids, kids don't want to ask this question because, listen, they know as soon as I ask, what can I do to help, they're going to be in the backyard cleaning up dog poop. Come on, somebody. As soon as they as soon as they're going to I need you to wash my car, baby. That's what daddy kind of needs right now. I need you outside on a water hose, on my car. I need you helping me right now. Men, we don't want to ask for help. You know why we don't want to ask? Because we know. She put that curtain rod in front of that window two weeks ago and you said you were going to hang it. And you still have not hung the curtain rod. And if you ask today, during the Cowboys, what can I do to help? She's just going to look at you and go, That thing, that thing from two weeks ago, that thing right over there, Hoss, that you've got to walk over to get to your chair, that thing you've been, I've been telling you to get this whole time. You, it, it, it's the fear that I know. It's that Ikea box in the closet. How many of you, how many of you ever bought Ikea furniture? You know what I'm talking about? You know it's an all, you got to plan for some time off of work. So while you got some time to put together Ikea furniture, you got two or three days, you can get it all together. You know if I ask, here's what he's going to ask. Wives, it's a reason why you don't ask, what can I do to help? Because you're afraid he's going to say, I need you to sit down and look at these bills with me. I, I, I need you to help. I, I need you to help to decide where this money is going. I, I, and, and we're afraid that we're going to be taking it, but we're afraid of, of the answer. And so in your relationships, listen, in your crazy family, if you're ever going to learn how to live God's ideal, it will only be based on mutual submission. And here's the truth of the matter. This question forces you to lean into your relationships instead of pull away from your relationship. This question of what can I do to help you? How can I serve you? Where, where, where is it in this, in this family, in our family? Where are things hard for you? Where can I lean in and submit to you? What, this forces you to lean in. Men, this is why we struggle with this. I know the verse started with wives. But let's be honest, this is where we struggle. It's because it forces us to lean into our relationships when most of us want to pull back from our family. 
When, when, when we realize there's tension in our home and there's tension in our families. I'm preaching good. Y'all are quiet today, somebody. When there's, when there's, you know there's tension brewing in our family. We just don't talk about it. Nobody wants to just, if I just, we just go to bed quick. Nobody will say anything. It won't, it, you know what I mean? I know, it's, I know it's dysfunctional. I know it's not working well. And so I'll just pull back. But when you go to them and ask, what can I do to help? How can I help you? How can I serve you in this family? You're leaning into your relationship instead of pulling back my friends this will be the thing that will change everything in your family if this thanksgiving you go around the table and i know they're crazy i know they are i know trust me when i tell you i know i know some of you don't want to i know it's painful i know some of us this week are gonna have the pain of somebody's not at the table that was there last year either loss or maybe divorce or it's just tough it's just hard some of our blended families and kids are here this day and here that day and it's just so hard to get through all of that stuff let me ask you this thanksgiving listen i want you to lean into that tension and ask how you can help I don't want you to pull back and say, let's just barely get through. Let's just, let's just get through this week. Let's just get through this dinner. Let's just get through this discussion. Let's just get through this sermon. Let's just get, let's just get through. I'm just going to pull back. So let's just get through this marriage. Let's just get through till he's 18. Let's just get through this, this phase. Let's just get through. No, no, no. I'm going to lean into this tension. And I'm going to ask, I want our family to be what God wants it to be. So how can I help you? What can I do to help? What can I do to help in this relationship? What can I do to carry something for you? You, you know how that would help your in-laws? If you go over to their house this week and say, what can I do to help? <laughs> well, well, what can I do to help? Baby, what can, what can we do? How can I serve you today? How can I carry something that you're carrying? This question forces you to lean in rather than pull away. And then when you lean in, listen, some of you, some of you when you lean in, you'll find inside of that family, inside of that relationship, more healing than you've ever imagined possible simply by submitting one to another. Simply by saying we're in this together. That this is a partnership. That we don't, I, I don't have to be in charge here. And then some of your parents, let me, let me be honest, let me talk to people who are over the age of 50 just real quick. There's a reason why your kids don't want to come home. And it's this idea. I, I'm telling you, it's this idea. It's the idea that there are sometimes in their relationships in your life, more often than not, it's, a, it's an overbearing parent who has set such high expectations. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have parents like this. They've set such high expectations. You don't even want to go home because you know I'm going to go, I'm going I'm to walk into a relationship where I'm never good enough. It's never enough. I never do enough. Parents, if, you're, oh, if you've got grown kids, let me ask you something. Why don't you lean into this and say, how can I help you? Now, I, it's been a long time since I had little kids. How can I help? How can, I, how can I make this easier on you? If you'll do that, if you'll keep submitting inside of that relationship, let me tell you what's going on. You're going to heal some stuff that's been broken in your relationship. You're going to be able to heal sort of that adult child that says, I don't even want to go home. I don't even want to talk because I don't want to have to deal with what's happening. I don't want to have to deal with the expectation. What, what do I need to do to submit to you? Are, are, are you still awake? Say amen. I'm almost done. Here's the reason why. It's not because they deserve it. Listen, it's not because they deserve it. It's because we submit to one another out of our reverence for Christ. 
We carry, I know this is a biblical concept, so just you're going to have to follow this line. It's about carrying one another's burdens. It literally means I'm going to take what you're carrying and I'm going to help you carry that. You get what I'm saying? It's, it's, I know the load and the stress that you have. I know the financial pressure. I know what it's like with your kids. I know things are going terrible right now. I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to put it on my shoulder and I'm going to carry it for you. And here's the reason why. It's because Jesus did that for us. Are you listening to me? He carried what didn't belong to him to the cross. It wasn't his sin that could him. It was yours. It was mine. He got underneath our burden and said, I'll carry that. And the Bible said Paul would walk into that situation. He said, out of reverence for Christ, in light of that, I want you to do the same thing one for another. I want you to submit to each other. I want you to live in such a way that you're asking one another, what can I do to help? When, when God looked at creation, He said, what can I do to help? The only answer was, i got to do this for them. i got to submit. I, I, I've got I've to become a, a man. And so the, the God of all creation puts Himself inside of a human body as much as could fit inside of the Son Jesus. And He dies for our sins, listen, so that He could help you. You okay with that? In light of that, you and I have to learn how to submit. This is how we live out this life. Here's the last thing I want you to hear. And, and, and I'm done preaching. And this is record time preaching. You ought to thank God for this. Somebody. Here's the last thing. Jesus, Jesus would tell you this. My family will be healthier and stronger when I seek to serve my family rather than being served by my family. My family will be healthier and stronger when I seek to serve them rather than be served by them. If you want your family this holiday season to be stronger, if, if you want your family to sort of get out of this crazy cycle, some of y'all been on the crazy train for generations. You know what I'm saying? Your grandparents had marriages and families that were dysfunctional. They raised kids that were dysfunctional, and you're raising a dysfunctional family. And some of us have been riding that crazy train for long enough. Why, why don't we just decide today's the last day for that? You know what I mean? This is the last generation this happens. We're not going to, I'm not going to treat my wife like daddy treated my mom. I, we're, we're, not going to do, we're not going to yell like, well, like we were raised in. We're not going to do that. We're not going, we're not going to scream. And, and I'm not telling you, there's not tough times. I'm not telling you that you're not going to struggle or have frustration through this. Here's what I'm just telling you. I'm just going to do something different. I'm going to walk in step with my family and go, what can I do to help? You, you mean my kids? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to ask my kids. What can I do to carry what it is you're carrying? My wife? You mean I thought that said wives submit to you. Yeah. I'm going to ask, what can I do? I know this is hard. Just tell me what I can do to help. Just doesn't have to be everything. Men, when she asks you that, don't, un- don't, don't unload everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wives, don't, don't just... Don't just Let's just share. Let's just submit to one another. Here's the reason why. Because Roman 5 says it this way. While we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man somebody would possibly die. And verse 8 said, God demonstrates His own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said, in light, you, you were helpless in this situation. And, and Christ comes and helps. He comes and carries a load that isn't his own. And in light of that, I want you to do the same thing. This is how you live this out. Paul would say, imagine what your family would look like if you were submitted to one another. If you carried one another.
another's burdens. If you walked out of church today and said, what can I do to help? T- tell, me, tell me how I can help you. Some of your marriages will change today. But literally, your wife will not know. She will think she has submitted to somebody else's own husband <laughs> if you get in the car and say, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? If you're a 15-year-old who's struggling and it's, it's hard and you, 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 I, know, I know it's been a while since you were 15, but if you just if you looked him right in the eye and said, tell, tell me what I can do. How can I help? Wives, if you go to your husband and say, tell, tell me, this week at Thanksgiving, when you want to be watching football, you want to be watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade, raise your hand if you watch Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Come all the saved people. That's what we do. If you get up and go to your mother-in-law, who you don't even like, and say, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And I don't just mean carry stuff. I mean, I want, a, I want a family. It doesn't have to be perfect. But I want to reach for what God had in mind. Is that okay, everybody? Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for uh, our families. And I thank you for this season. God, I know that there are people in this room who have struggled. Um just to come to church today recognizing this is a hard this is a hard time it's just a hard this is a hard subject to talk about our families and and while we try to make light the truth of the matter is there is some horrific dysfunction possibly in this room families who have been hurt families who have been taken advantage of when when they submitted and they they asked that question they were they were taken advantage of some of them horrifically abused or manipulated or controlled And so in light of that, they shy away from, they pull back from their relationship when you want us to lean in to mutually being submitted to one another. God, I pray somewhere over the course of the next few days as we get together with our our crazy family, that somebody would ask the question, what can I do to help? That there would be a husband who has been disconnected from his family for so long. It's so cold. They may sleep in the same room. They may share the same name, but that's about where it ends. That he would break through that hard shell, that coldness, and with sincerity he'd walk up to his wife and say, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? I pray for a wife who just in anger tells her husband how, just pull it together, just you, you got to be strong. You, this is your, this is your, instead of, I've just prayed this week at some point during They would just ask, what can I do? I know this is a stressful time. I know money's tight. I know it's a hard Christmas. What can I do to help? I pray for parents and kids and that relationship, especially as the the older the kids get, sort of what happens in that. I I pray for parents of adult kids, and I pray for adult kids in the room whose parents are still alive, who this week will struggle with expectations, struggle with that unapproving look, that... This is still not enough. It's still not good enough. I just pray somewhere in this that we would become the cat. A few hundred of us here at City Hills would walk into our Thanksgiving saying, what can I do to help? How can I make this better? How can I make this relationship better? How can I submit to you? Listen, it's not because you deserve it because frankly, you don't. It's just because this is what Jesus did for me. It's what I'm going to do for you. In Jesus' name.